for public engagement, we've not gotten any information on that in terms of from the public. We've not received any questions. And do you anticipate that that will have any bearing or is, is causing the president to think at all about, it, as he's making his decision about whether to run again, will this um, you know, series of, of, of discoveries have any bearing on his thinking and his thought process <coughs> if he decides whether to run? I'll refer those questions to the president. He can speak for himself on that. Let's get the Democratic response from Congressman Adam Schiff, the outgoing chair of the House Intelligence Committee. Uh, Congressman Schiff, you were on this show just after Attorney General Garland appointed a special counsel in the case of the Trump documents. You said it was the right move. Do you feel the same way about this special counsel? I do think it's the right move. Uh, the attorney general has to make sure that not only is justice evenly applied, but the appearances of justice are also uh, satisfactory to the public. And here, I don't think he had any choice but to appoint a special counsel. Uh, and I think that special counsel will, will do the proper assessment. Uh, I still would like to see Congress do its own assessment of, uh, and receive an assessment from the intelligence community of whether there was an exposure to others of these documents, whether there was harm to national security, in the case of either set of documents with either president. Uh, but yes, I think the uh, special counsel was appropriately appointed. And you know, the, the tragedy of this is not what he does to me personally. The tragedy is using the intelligence committee as his political plaything uh, to placate Donald Trump, to placate Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, to exact revenge, uh, as you point out, for my leading the impeachment against Trump uh, in the first trial. Uh, you know, this is a serious committee. Uh, we've got major challenges facing us with Russia invading its neighbors, uh, with China uh, growing in strength around the world, uh, threatening uh, Taiwan with Iran and its nuclear program. You shouldn't be messing with any committee. You certainly shouldn't be messing with the Intelligence Committee uh, in order to raise money. Uh, and that, that email you showed your viewers, uh, Lawrence, you got to click on a button uh, to remove me from the committee. Uh, you know, this is you know, juvenile, but it's it's has a serious consequence in terms of the functioning of one of the most important committees in Congress. It's a bonfire, and it's not going to get any better. But I also don't think, of course, they're inept, and of course, they have bad intentions, but they're doing exactly what they want to do, which is to defenestrate the federal government, to remove it as a constructive force in American life. And this has been going on for a decade. They'll, they'll follow that path any way they can. 
they'll either defund the government, they'll, they'll throw sand into the wheels of the normal functioning of the federal government. Um, and they're getting there. And, and they're incredibly inept. They, they, they have sensationalized racism and bigotry. They have worn this sort of anti-institutionalism on their sleeves. But it's not just because they're juvenile delinquents, even though they are juvenile delinquents. <laughs> it's because what they want to do is delegitimize the government. Mm -hmm. and, and there are so many things that the federal government does that is just process and, and structure in our daily lives that we all rely on it for. Um, and I think what we're going to have to watch unfold now is this sort of savaging of the, the foundations of normative and, and important and rational processes that every American relies on. What do the various groups that actually make up the Republican majority want right now? People have used various names to describe them, like bomb throwers, fringe, ultra mega, etc. They're also all extremely conservative by modern standards. Uh, again, it's not your grandfather's Republican Party. So that's one important observation. Uh, you know, I do think that it's also reflecting of an interesting split in the House Freedom Caucus, which has become, you know, in many ways, kind of the leading edge of uh, far right agitation. Extreme domestic terrorists, uh, the bomb was thwarted. And, and we just learned how this can come together. Uh, you know, we just come off the, you know, the congressional hearings into, into you know, January 6th. This was in 2016. Um, and it's a precursor, almost a canary in the coal mine, so to speak. And through this compelling case, we're able to see how something like this comes together and how they're driven by such hate and bigotry, emboldened by then-candidate Donald Trump, just the way the insurrectionists were emboldened on January 6th. And welcome back to Flyover Politics Podcast. It is the 16th of January, year of our Lord, 2023. It's a good start to a podcast because I click virtual. <laughs> I just talked like five minutes and it went nowhere. But a little bit nervous about the surgery. Just got done with my walk. Walk uh, 10 will be produced today. It's downloading right now, which takes a while. And uh, I want to cover something that happened this weekend. So what we just witnessed was the worst questions, because they're not going to hurt Biden about the documents. Schiff being brought on twice. And that guy's a steaming liar. But they still, he's still credible. And then the three worst sound bites since our last podcast talking about the GOP. And then I'm going to further set the table and start our misinformation show with Biden talking about doing what Trump was impeached for, the Russia hoax, and one, two, three, four, five, six, one of them being long, three minutes of MSNBC, of Lefties during Kavanaugh storming the Supreme Court and the Senate. And then we're going to play it. On the other side of this, we'll talk for a few seconds, and we're going to play my thesis statement on fucking media bias. It is gobsmacking bad.
Tanas, and I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid at the time. Voters in America should decide who our president is, not Vladimir Putin. The Russians offered help. The campaign accepted help. The Russians gave help. And the president made full use of that help. And that is pretty damning. I believe he knows he's an illegitimate president. The bottom line of this dossier, the bottom line allegation, the point the of it. The point of this is they colluded. They helped. They were in on it. Why does Vladimir Putin have on President Trump? And they've also decided who they want to see become president of the United States, too, and it's not me. Secondly, I found out that Vladimir Putin doesn't want me to be president. We need to make it very clear, whether it's Russia, China, Iran, or anybody else. This election, that Russia has been involved, China's been involved to some degree, and now we learn that, that, uh, that uh, Iran is involved. As 17 of our intelligence agencies have confirmed... 17 intelligence agencies said... 50 national security officials who served in Republican information in, in administration have said that Donald is unfit to be the commander-in-chief. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plan. You mean the laptop is now another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And that's exactly it. what is this that's where exactly you're going? what this is going. where he's going. Well, we know that this whole uh, smear on Joe Biden uh, comes from the Kremlin. I don't understand why this president is unwilling to take on Putin when he's actually paying bounties to kill American soldiers in Afghanistan. When Russia's puts bounties on the heads of our soldiers in Afghanistan. That Russia had bounties on the heads. On the heads of American soldiers. There are several factors that, uh, that um, con contributed to the lot low to moderate confidence in the judgment, including the difficulty of... Uh, of um this is the atrium of the Hart Senate office building. If you take a look, these are people who came over from the United States Supreme Court where they held a rally and they sat down, started chanting. Eventually the United States Capitol Police started uh, picking them up and uh, putting them in lines. I don't see them, at least at this point, being essentially handcuffed as has occurred in other cases. I suppose that depends on uh, what they do. Nonetheless, the way this works is, at least so far, is the authorities essentially give them a citation. It's sort of like a ticket. They have to pay bail. It's about $50. And then uh, they're released. And I'm told by the lawyers for the protesters that those charges do not remain on their criminal records. This is a political action protest, as you can see, continues. It's uh, much larger than a week ago when those one-on-one uh, -on -one hearings were going on. Uh, and it is filled with much more energy as these protesters come to Capitol Hill to say no to the Kavanaugh nomination. Back to you, Anna. Joe, do you know who these people Just as soon as Brett Kavanaugh's hearing began, so too did the protests. From the gallery and from Senate Democrats.
The D.C. Circuit is often referred to as the second, second highest court in the land because it hears many involving agency action and the separation of powers. During his time on the bench, Judge Kavanaugh has heard over a thousand cases. He's written more than 300 opinions. His opinions span nearly 5,000 pages in length. But what are, what's remarkable about Judge Kavanaugh's judicial record? Law firms have a lot of names. There are a lot of people who work at a lot of law firms. And a firestorm in Washington, protesters descending on Capitol Hill at this hour as Brett Kavanaugh inches toward confirmation in the Senate with Republicans Susan Collins and Jeff Blake, two of the key swing Republican votes, announcing that they are satisfied with the FBI report on Kavanaugh. Senators have spent the day reading the updates to the FBI background check into Kavanaugh. Those reports are in a secure briefing room on Capitol Hill, where most senators have to go to read them. And this afternoon, one of the red state Democrats also thought to be a swing vote on the Kavanaugh nomination, Heidi Heitkamp from North Dakota, announced that she would vote no on Kavanaugh. The process has been bad. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to make a decision, and I've made that decision. And that decision will be what, Senator? I will be voting no on Judge Kavanaugh. And amid the growing uproar from protesters, Democratic leader Chuck Schumer calling for the FBI background check to be made public. One, we had many fears that this was a very limited process that would constrain the FBI from getting all the facts. Having received a thorough briefing on the documents, those fears have been realized. Second, I disagree. Having received this, the, a briefing on all of the documents, I disagree with Senator Grassley's statement that there was no hint of misconduct. And third, we are reiterating our call, given how limited this, these documents were and how limited the scope of this investigation was. We are reiterating our call that the documents with proper redaction be made public. Why shouldn't all of America see the facts? At this hour, we're still waiting for official word on how Collins, Murkowski, Flake, and Manchin plan to vote. The first procedural vote is tomorrow, and Chairman Chuck Grassley announced today that he'd like to hold a final vote on Kavanaugh's confirmation on Saturday. Here to discuss the day's development, some of our favorite reporters and friends, NBC's Garrett Haake is on Capitol Hill, with Kelly O'Donnell joining us from the White House. At the table, former U.S. Attorney and former senior FBI official Chuck Rosenberg joins us, Washington Post columnist Eugene Robinson is here, Kimberly Atkins, okay. now the Washington bureau chief for the okay. Boston Herald, and Nick Confessori, political reporter for the New York Times, round out our table. Garrett, let's start with you. Um, we've seen protesters on Capitol Hill. You've been reporting all week about how high the tensions are. Where do things stand this hour? Well, Nicole, the protest that's happening behind me now and may make me slightly hard to hear is by far the largest and most well-organized protest against Brett Kavanaugh 
that I've seen yet this week. And it's really coming at the right time from the protesters' perspective. After this announcement from uh, Heidi Heitkamp of North Dakota that she would vote no on Kavanaugh's confirmation, gave really a boost of energy to the opposition here. The protesters are a few floors down from me. They gave a huge cheer and round of applause just in the direction of Heitkamp's office. A lot of these folks have been coming up here to thank her staff for her. Now let's let's marinate on what we just witnessed. This is all pre-January 6th where they had pre-uncorked that insurrection bullshit. And they, those last two sound bites from CNN and MSNBC, they're literally supporting it. It's awesome. Kavanaugh's bad. Republicans are bad. Good for the people. This is freedom of speech. But that's not freedom of speech if you're a Republican and you just go to the Capitol. Because remember, people who just went to the Capitol are getting arrested. 900 people didn't go inside the Capitol. They're arresting people that are just there. They had 100% support from all the fucking media, uh, the cell phone towers. They gave up pings, and they just arrested everybody. They went up to Alaska and kicked doors in on people that never entered the Capitol. Nick Searcy's documentary, if you've never watched it, it is so perfect. That's why I played parts of it on the show numerous times. These were just normal people who went to a speech by the president, last president of the United States, who nine minutes before they stormed the Capitol was still running his cock trap. And as they were entering the Capitol, he then uttered, I know you're going to go to the Capitol and protest this peacefully. He then was impeached for inciting a riot that we play things all the time. Our This is America shows Maxine Waters telling people to get go fuck people up. Schumer, Pelosi, that cunt, Nicole Wallace, Joy Reid, Joe Scarborough, one underscore Ben Collins calls for more violence every day through their divisive partisan reporting than any Republican does. So, what I witnessed yesterday, me and the wife, she was even yelling at the TV. And I'm playing the entire 10-minute interview because it's very important you see it. On the backside of first Todd exonerating the president, it's a 10 sec clip, 10 minute interview with Ron Johnson where he smears him, lies about him, besmirches him, tells him to go back to his partisan media cocoon while he's on a show where he's already exonerated Joe Biden of any crime, even though the crime doesn't have intent in it. Once again, dog eats your fucking classified documents, shits at your house, you're going to jail because the dog can't go to jail. They'll probably put the dog down too. You're going to see our regular divider three seconds and you're going to hear the interview that happens on the other side. There's no pushback. It's a one question. Do you think this is going to embarrass Biden because he was so hard on Trump? And then she gets to filibuster. I added that out. She just talks about shit. 
because she's a good person. And it's Meet the Press. And it's Chuck Todd. It's Dems are good. Republicans are bad. Huge political problem. I don't know if it's much of a legal problem per se, but I think it's a huge political problem because you don't know where the special counsel investigation is going. I mean, uh, look, um, do you approve of Merrick Garland's decision to appoint a special counsel to look into the Joe Biden classified documents? Well, I guess because he assigned one to President Trump, it was pretty inevitable. Uh, I'm not a real fan of special counsels. Uh, I did join 32 of my colleagues in calling for one for Hunter Biden because uh, we had a whistleblower that said that uh, the uh, Attorney Weiss doesn't have the resources to do the type of investigation required. So, But in general, I'm, I'm not a fan of uh, special counsels. I think uh, the way we handle these investigations of wrongdoing, I'll call it that, in the political realm is we just do it completely backwards. I think Congress ought to be able to have access to all the information, do their oversight. Uh, you know, I, I never held public hearings. We just mm -hmm. uh, you know, did our investigation and issued a report. If there's evidence of wrongdoing, then we should refer that to the Justice Department. Then the investigation could, should take place. What happens nowadays is the investigation begins, Congress never gets access to the information, and as a result, the American public never understands the truth of these situations. And so, again, we just do these, these uh, investigations in the, the, the political realm with wrongdoing completely backwards. So do you think, though, that con I mean, Congress has an oversight role? So shouldn't Congress do their oversight role after an investigation is over? If doing it during the investigation, doesn't that end up inter uh, either on purpose or inadvertently interfere in the investigation? The problem is, is Congress never gets access to the information. Uh, and, and by the time we do get access to the information, if we do, it's all old news. And the political figures aren't held accountable. And from my standpoint, uh, you know, I'd, I'd much rather have political figures held accountable with the truth being exposed of what they did, what they're wrongdoing, as opposed to the, the criminal penalties. Uh, oftentimes, it's very difficult to get uh, any kind of criminal charges or convictions. Now, particularly if you're a Democrat in Washington, D.C. So from my standpoint, the, the more important imperative here is for the public to understand exactly what is happening inside government, inside uh, uh, the administration, and we never find that out. And so that is part of the problem we have in terms of our politics today is the American public remains in the dark. Uh, misinf misinformation is spread on all sides. And certainly from a conservative viewpoint, uh, one of our frustrations is the censorship uh, the suppression of information primarily is coming from the left against the conservative viewpoint. So uh, the, the, I guess the problem that I feel like you run into with, with that decision is what you're saying is if the Justice Department decides a crime wasn't committed, they're not going to prosecute a crime, it sounds like you still want the information out there because you want to politically damage the person that was investigated? No, because, no. Chuck, because a lot of political wrongdoing does not necessarily result in a crime, but it's still wrong, and the public needs to understand exactly what happened. So, you know, take, take a look at the political wrongdoing on the part of the FBI. Uh, they went to Twitter, and they, they were censoring information. T take a look at the 51 intelligence operatives that issued a letter 
saying that the Hunter Biden computer was had all the earmarks of a Russian information operation. That letter was an information operation. What happened? The FBI had access to Hunter Biden's computer in December 2019. Senator Grassley and I were conducting an investigation during COVID, not the easiest thing to do. We were smeared. There were false intelligence products leaked uh, to the media. We got unsolicited briefings from the FBI designed to smear me because they leaked it later. Uh, the FBI spent almost nine months setting up their, the ability to sabotage uh, the, the Hunter Biden computer should it ever uh, surface, which it did the day after. We, we were offered Hunter Biden's computer the day after Chuck Grassley and I issued our report, uh, but we did our due diligence. We went to the FBI. What do you know about this? They never came clean with us. Uh, Mr. McIsaac uh, ended up getting frustrated and offered that to Rudy Giuliani's computer and then, or to yeah. his uh, attorney and then to the New York Post. But again, nine months of the FBI setting up the process of, of sabotaging Hunter Biden's computer, which we now know is authentic. Uh, our investigation was accurate, but we were smeared. Uh, all that information was censored and suppressed, and the FBI, in their actions, impacted the election to a far greater extent anything that Russia or China ever could have hoped to accomplish. These are facts, and that's all I'm interested in. Is I'm interested in the truth, yeah. and I think can the American I, public I, deserves it, the truth. It, and, these, and, then, and again, these investigations, yeah. they cover Senator, up the truth. Senator... Do you have a crime that you think Hunter Biden committed? Because I've yet to see anybody explain it is not a crime to make money off your last name. So, Chuck, you ought to read the Marco Polo report uh, where they detail all kinds of potential crimes. You know, Senator Grassley... Oh, 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 let me just stop you there. The, potential. Uh, about, this about, is... About, about, potential about, is about $30,000. About $30, that's $30, why you do investigation. I mean, it, Chuck... Chuck, Chuck, is it a crime to be uh, soliciting and purchasing uh, prostitution in potentially European sex trafficking operations? Is that a crime? Because Chuck Grass and I laid out about $30,000 uh, paid by Hunter Biden to uh, those types of, of individuals over uh, December 2018, 2019, about $30,000. This is about the same time that President Biden uh, offered to pay about $100,000 of Hunter Biden's bills. Again, that's that's just some information. I, I don't know exactly. Here's what I don't get. All right, Senator. It doesn't doesn't really look. I, on the, it, it sounds sleazy, as you know. I'll what. take your. I'll, t I'll, t I'll take it at your word that you're ethically bothered by Hunter Biden. I'm curious, though. You seem I, to have are, a pattern. Are you not? I, I are seem you to have not? a pattern. I, I'm a journalist. I have are, to are deal you, in facts. Are you not? Are you not I deal in facts. You, so, Senator, my question to you is. Uh, I'm always worried. I, I have skepticism of both parties. I sit here with skepticism of a lot of people's work, and I'm curious. So are you? Were you at all concerned? Uh, this, your Senate Democrats want to investigate Jared Kushner's uh, loan from the Qatari government when he was working in the government negotiating uh, many things in the Middle East. Are you not as concerned about? Are you not concerned about that? And I say that because it seems to me if you're concerned about what Hunter Biden did, you should be equally outraged about what Jared Kushner did. I, I'm, I'm concerned about getting the truth. I don't target individuals, target individuals. You, should, I target you don't? The truth. You're targeting Hunter Biden my, my, my multiple concern, times my on this show, my, Senator. You're targeting an Chuck, individual. Chuck, my, my concern, my, you know, Chuck, you know, part, part of the problem, and, and this is pretty obvious to anybody watching this, is you don't invite me on to interview me. You invite me on to argue with me. 
You know, I'm just trying to lay out the facts that certainly Senator Grassley and I uncovered. They were suppressed. They were censored. They interfered in the 2020 election. Conservatives understand that. Unfortunately, liberals in the media don't. And that's part of the things yeah. that uh, part, of, part of the reasons our politics are inflamed is we do not have an unbiased uh, media. We don't. It's unfortunate. I'm all for a free press. Well, it needs Senator, to be more unbiased. Senator, There's look, misinformation this is, look, on both partisan, sides, but the Senator, censorship and Senator, suppression look, we're trying to primarily do issues here, in from fact, the left. Partisan cable. Look, you can go back on your partisan cable cocoon and talk about media bias all you want. I understand it's part of your identity. Let me move to what happened in Brazil. Um, and I want to play some. Um, I'm curious when it comes to that brief moment where you were handed uh, the potential of alternative electors, and you say it was a brief moment. I wasn't. Um, are you being... I you, wasn't. I you, wasn't. I wasn't. That's, that's well, false. I was, I was never handed... I, that's not... I know you weren't handed incorrect. it. They were asking to hand it, hand it, hand it to you, and you were no, obviously so what, contemplating so, it. So obviously, Chuck, your staffer was dealing with it. No, 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 Chuck, Chuck, I never was. I was contacted by the attorney of the president of the United States... He had something he wanted to deliver to the vice president. Could I arrange it? So I contacted my chief of staff, who worked in the White House, see if he could do it. I had no idea what they wanted to contact, what they wanted to hand the president or the vice president. Uh, within an hour, we found out the president, vice president wasn't accepting anything. End of story. Nothing was delivered. I had no idea what I was being contacted to deliver, and we never delivered it. Have you but been there's interviewed? There's no story there. There never was a story there. And, every, and everything I've always said about that has yeah. proven to be true, even though the media lied about it. Have you been interviewed by the FBI or, 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 uh, or the special counsel's office no. investigating the alternative electors? No, there's, there, there's no, no, there is nothing to interview me about. I played no role in it whatsoever. Do you know why Congressman Kelly thought you were going to be the best person to hand these slate of electors to? I have no idea, but remember, Congressman Kelly... Uh, denied initially that uh, his office was involved in trying to get those that uh, information to the vice president. I told the truth about that. He lied about it, and I was smeared for about a week and a half. And, and Meaning by the way, the it's never been corrected. You believe the, con you, the you, congressman you, you, lied you, you, to you, you, or lied about your role? He he, he lied about his his non-role. His office did play a role in this. That's what I suspected. Again, this was such a non-event for me. I, I had a hard time. You know, we had to go back and really scour our records to find out what happened. And Chuck, you started this questioning falsely. You falsely accused me of getting those, uh, and I never, I never took possession. I never had them. Okay. So again, this is this has been a complete smear job against me. What? The uh, January you 6th say this, did not do their due diligence so like, much Chuck, of this. like Chuck Grassley and I did during our. You dabbled in so much of this. Do you understand why why somebody might have thought you were a you you were willing to go along with this I, scheme? I, I, I did I did not dabble in very much of this. It's just false. Very I held much a is hearing doing a lot in of work December there. 2020. Ex 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 examining the irregularities of the 2020 election. What you ought to do is go back and read my opening statement, and that pretty well lays out exactly what I thought about the 2020 election. But the news media never does that. They smear me, they lie about me, they make these things up, and then that becomes the, that's becomes the narrative. It's a false narrative. He said what Donald Trump did was careless. Does he have to eat those words considering what happened with him? Well, it's certainly embarrassing, 
right? I mean, it's embarrassing that you would find a small number of documents, certainly not on purpose. They don't think it's the right thing. And they have been moving to correct it, working with uh, the Department of Justice, working with everyone involved, with the archives. And so from my perspective, you know, it's one of those moments that obviously they wish hadn't happened. But what I'm most concerned about, I mean, this is the kind of thing that the Republicans love. We just heard it from my colleague, uh, Senator Johnson. Let's talk about investigations. Let's create chaos. Let's not talk about the fact that we have a manufacturing renaissance going on in this country, more jobs created, lower unemployment rate, higher wages, and what they're proposing to do that would interfere with that, would really put us on the edge economically. They don't want to talk with us about how to move the the country forward. And I can tell you, people in Michigan, they want folks that, that are going to work together, get things done, that care about their families, and, and aren't interested in all of this just chaos and investigations, and which is where the Republicans feel comfortable, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, and Joe, let me ask you this, because there has been, uh, you know, uh, as you said, uh, Republicans quick mm. to pounce on this. Uh, but at the same time, if you contrast that with what they were saying about uh, Donald Trump and his handling of classified documents, uh, there is there has been a slight difference uh, to, to make an understatement there. Let's let's play. Let's watch. What I've seen that the National Archives was concerned about Trump having in his possession didn't amount to a hill of beans. I don't know what documents were at Mar-a-Lago. Is it fair to say that investigation won't be a priority? That will not be a priority. This is very concerning. I mean, this is now the second location that uh, the president was in possession of classified documents. Look, what's the vice president doing with classified documents? This is so outrageous that this has to rise to the level of there better be this better not be a clerical issue between the archivist uh, and the, the the former president. I've been in the Oval Office. Um, with the president, I'd, I'd be very surprised if he has actual documents that rise to the level of immediate national security threat. These facts and circumstances are just absolutely outrageous. I mean, this is completely mishandling of classified information. Why did he have these documents? Uh, when did he get them? Did he get them when he was vice president and then take them with him when he left? Are did you going to hold hearings? It is possible that we will hold hearings on them. Hearings on the Biden documents, <laughs> maybe not on the Trump documents, Joe. Jim, shameless. I mean, shameless hypocrisy. Shame. You know, for many Republicans, the argument seems to be that President Biden is both not mentally fit to hold office, and yet he's supposed to be this, uh, you know, in, in the minds of some Republicans, uh, this criminal mastermind who is uh, holding on to these documents for some nefarious reason. Uh, does that make any sense? So let's go there, because you're talking about the Trump documents. Former President Trump is under an investigation for his own classified documents. There are about 20 in the case of Biden. For Trump, there are, about, there are more than 300 classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. A big difference here, uh, just on the facts, Trump did not fully comply with the subpoena. His lawyers falsely told investigators that they turned everything in. Um, take a listen to what you told CNN about the situation last November. I don't know much about that. That's not something that uh, we've requested information just to see what was going on, because I don't know what documents were at. Mar a Largo. Uh, so, you know, that's something we're just waiting to see what comes out on that. But is it fair to say that investigation won't be a priority? That will not be a priority. So, what do you say to viewers who don't understand why President Biden's documents seem like a big priority for you, 
But President Trump, who took hundreds more documents, did not comply with the subpoena, did not reach out to the National Archives or the Justice Department to say, hey, we found these documents. It's not a priority. Do you only care about classified documents being mishandled when Democrats do the mishandling? Absolutely not. Look, we still don't know what type of documents President Trump had. That's one of the questions we've asked National Archives. Just because Joe Biden's lawyer said they turned over five documents doesn't mean they just turned over five documents. They could have turned over 500 documents. Uh, I'm sorry, but I don't have a lot of confidence in President Biden's personal lawyers. At the end of the day, the National Archives Im implied to us uh, at former Chairman Maloney's request and told us that the National Archives was working with the Trump administration during the transition. That's the last communication we had uh, with whether or not the archives had worked with Trump on uh, removal of, of all the documents from the White House. So we don't know exactly what uh, Trump has versus what Biden has. At the end of the day, my biggest concern isn't the classified documents, to be honest with you. My concern is how there's such a discrepancy in how former President Trump was treated by raiding Mar-a-Lago, by getting the security cameras, by taking pictures of documents on the on the floor, by going through Melania's closet versus Joe Biden. They're like, okay, you, you're, you're personal lawyers who don't have security clearance. You know, they can go through they can just keep yeah. looking and keep looking and, and, you know, determine whatever's there. That's not equal treatment. And we're very concerned. And there's a lack of trust here at right. the Department of Justice by House Republicans. That's the outrage. So I, I get that. But there's a big difference in how President Biden and his team reacted and how President Trump and his team reacted. The FBI searched Mar-a-Lago because Trump for more than a year refused to turn over documents to the National Archives and the Justice Department, which was trying to get them back into secure hands. Trump and his lawyers lied about it. Trump lied about not having classified documents, did not keep them in a secure location, did not comply with a subpoena, but said he had. And that that search warrant, which Trump forced out into the open through his legal machinations, that cited laws that Trump might have violated, including the Espionage Act. It's my understanding that President Trump did let the National Archives go through on numerous occasions, Mar-a-Lago looking at the documents, what my understanding is, and again, we don't know because we haven't been briefed, was that President Trump was arguing with National Archives over what is classified and what is not. As we've heard the president say before, the president has the authority to declassify documents. Now, the question is whether or not the president actually declassified the documents. The vice president does not have the authority to declassify Actually, the vice, the vice president so, does you know, have There's a big the, difference The here. vice president does... I'm not, not saying we that, don't, we, we, the vice we, president does have that authority. That. That. Well, we disagree that the vice president does. But just just to put yeah. a first of all, you're asking for the visitors logs at President Biden's Greenville uh, outside Wilmington, Delaware home. Are you also asking for the visitor logs at Mar-a-Lago? What the fuck? What the fuck? What is that? They've already got ahead. They've gone with what their heart tells them. It's over. It's bad, but he's not Trump. That's their, their whole thing is not Trump. That's all they base on. They're, you know, we're sitting here talking about the Santos guy, and yeah, it's bad, and I'm not covering it, but Warren's on committees, and she lied about everything. The next thing, remember the Governor DeSantis thing that I... 
literally was making fun of. Here's the press secretary talking about DeSantis. And I'm happy to repeat what I said, which is Governor DeSantis has made a mockery of uh, of the system. And uh, and he has cons- consistently and constantly, as many of you have reported, uh, has done political stunts, has not helped to uh, address the issue, but has instead decided to uh, put the lives of migrants who are coming here uh, for a better life at risk. And that's what we have seen from this governor. Look. How about that? How about them fucking biscuits? Here's a lady who literally can't form two sentences with, once again, a thesaurus and a fucking dictionary. Got her whole job because she eats clam and she's black. That, that's her qualifications. A black, deranged, cabbage patch, cabbage patch fucking freakazoid who, by the way, is married to a white woman or is in a relationship with a white woman. I don't know if she's married because I really don't care. And what about the next one? The previous. Here is MSNBC who brought in the last press secretary to Talk about Biden's documents. Question for you, especially since you worked in this administration, if we can put up that sort of TikTok of the days in which information came out, I guess my question is, what would you struggle with as press secretary going to the podium with this story? Would it have been better to say something when the documents were initially discovered or shortly thereafter saying that there's going to be a sweeping review of all documents to make sure there aren't any others. And would the press secretary be in the room to advise the president to make such a decision? Sure. I mean, Mika, in moments like this, what we've seen transpire over this week, um, you're basically picking in a White House between crappy options, right? And that is what they've been doing, presumably for the last few months. So on one hand, to your point, it would make the press secretary's job much easier every day if they could go out and just say, here's what we Mm -hmm. bet happened. This was sloppy staff work. These documents went in there inadvertently. They sort of said that, you know, from from Sauber, but... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this Biden didn't even know about any of these documents. So this is a non-issue. What that would make it easier for the press secretary. The worry they have there, Mika, and they are very not just influenced by the lawyers, the lawyers in the White House in a case like this make a lot of the decisions or have a very loud voice in the decision making, which can be hard from mm-hmm. the communication side. And the lawyers are probably saying to them in a moment like this, if you make uh, you know assertions like that and even mm-hmm. anything is wrong, that could be a problem, right? Or we're also gonna make a piss off the Justice Department. We we don't want to do that. So that's one, you know, that would be an easier way for the press office. What they've clearly decided to do is to not say much, right? They've said a minimal amount because they're trying to not anger the Justice Department. But those options are crappy, right? Neither of them right. are great. And neither of them make for an easy and smooth communication strategy. No, 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 they do not. Mary McCord, um, It's not just about the classified documents. Joe Biden has special counsel, it's about the documents. Donald Trump has one whose documents, yes, 
but also January 6th, that that investigation yeah. is still very much ongoing. It's efforts to overturn the election. And isn't that, in a way, as we look at the politics of these special counsels, isn't that the argument that Democrats should be making? Yes, and I think they will. I mean, if you look at the outcome, to your point, Jonathan, of the elections, the midterm elections, the Democrats were able to hold on to the Senate and, and really surprise people in the House because they were defenders of democracy, right? And they were running against these election deniers and people who would be sympathetic to January 6th rioters. Um, that is, I think, the message they will continue to run on. It's also, on the politics, I think it's also important to note here, and maybe this speaks to the country, I have no idea. But the, the, the Mar-a-Lago documents, well, as horrifying as it is, Trump's handling of them, it's not clear, or I have not seen data to suggest that that is the driving issue that has driven Republicans and independents away from him. They have run away from him because he's an outlier on, some of them, on election denial, and also because he's a loser, right? So this argument that this very different case of Biden's mm -hmm. classified documents documents is going to be a political problem for him doesn't hasn't really even played out on the other side. And I think that's important to note because the difference, as you said, is who's defending democracy. And the answer to that is pretty clear. Wow. All right. Turning now to the. We have no media. We're broken. We're just we're fucking broken. And up front, Katie Hobbs, who stole the election in Arizona from all accounts, if you watch the videos wow, there was a lot of bullshit going on there, wants to fund abortion with tax dollars. That's how they, they do it. Jacobin. It turns out Hillary Clinton, not Russia bots, lost the 2016 election. And that's a liberal side I was talking about. So let's move on into documents. Apparently... And I'm not putting up slides today. We're going to go into the theories. Bad company. You know, I'm going to be right about this, too. Mob acting picks mobster, rogue agent, rogue law enforcement. People better wake the fuck up. This isn't playtime. We're on the big stage where mobsters and IC do a damn dance. We are witnessing another op. Let me make it simple. It's the mob against the government. Trump t is tied to Russian mob, and so is everyone who backs him. It's my pinned tweet rearing its ugly head. Talk is fighting their life. Get that because it's a facts. Don't ever leave out O'Keefe, Probasek, Saranovich, Flynn, or Prince ever. They have been trying and succeeding at stealing stuff from Biden's laptop, diary, and more. It has been made their game for years, and I've been, been here debunking the shit ever since. 1AP held people freaking hostages. They stole um, their information. They went after politicians and the like. They tried to force intimidate folks into changing parties or votes. By the way, they've done it all over the world, including Brazil. So they planted them. Washington, um, New York Post, or New York Times, sorry. January 2017 was an uncertain time for Joe Biden, who would be out of government for the first time in 44 years. Now a special counsel will reconstruct how classified documents just made it into Delaware home. In his private office, it just showed the fuck up. It, just, it wasn't real. WAPO on the 13th. The Biden document scandal is a test for the media and an opportunity. You're not going to answer questions, but we're going to ask them because it's our job. 
It triggered a back and forth, GM Perry. This is Ed O'Keefe. Let me try to see how he summarizes it. Let's read the bottom. Let's just get to the bottom because this is what they say. Some of the most vocal and fierce conservative critics of the new media, such as right-leaning media monitor and website Newsbusters, have gleefully highlighted the mainstream coverage of Biden in recent days. Trump has shared links to stories on True Social Platform, including initial CBS News story. When is the FBI going to raid the many homes of Joe Biden? for having me in the White House, he wrote. A Trump advisor said Trump's 2024 campaign team has been pleased with the coverage. The Post reported Thursday evening. New York Times. This is from uh, the 14th. Additional documents found at Biden's Willington home, White House says. A revelation came as the White House defended his public statements about the extent of the documents remain in Biden's house to the bottom. We have now publicly released specific details about the documents identified. The appointment of the special counsel in this matter of weeks means we will now refer special questions to counsel. And once again, it's just to take it out of the news cycle. Vanessa, perhaps people with the requisite security clearance can search for the docs. FBI officials, for example. Sauber explained that when Biden's personal attorney identified one classified documents at Biden home on Wednesday, they stopped searching for additional documents because they lacked the security clearance. But then they talked about it anyway. Our first soundbite. Um, no. Well, it will be now because it'll be the worst. It's a longer, longer uh, form of the gay things. VOAs, WP Wakasa. We have seen online propaganda from adversaries seeking to take advantage of the revelation of the classified documents. I wonder if the administration is anticipating any national security implications. Are you doing anything to deter them? What is the administration doing to counter people noticing the president had classified documents in a box in his garage? The Biden document scandal, a second one, is an opportunity for the media to talk about facts. That's WAPO. That was this weekend. Mueller, she wrote. He admitted they were there. He didn't say he put them there. He hasn't been accessing them. Colloquial possession is different from criminal possession. If a guy robbed a bank and stashed the dollars in your garage without your knowledge, are you criminally liable? Because once again, it's a plant. Not in his possession. To prove possession, you need to show intent. And the classified documents are committed with the personal stuff like they were in Trump's desk. There currently no evidence that Biden possessed these documents. Intent has nothing to do with the law. Ben Dominus redoing a Joyce Aylin from January 9th. Big difference between this and Trump's Mar-a-Lago situation. They were found in an office setting, not in Biden's home. Biden's team immediately volunteered news and discovery of the archives and turned them over immediately. It's apples to oranges. And everybody's like, yeah, no. And I just did a picture of popcorn. Blue Anon is going in overdrive. This is five months apart. Dash Dabrowski, Donald Trump, Taylor Greene, and Fox News have all flowed the baseless lie the FBI planted evidence to frame the former president as a criminal. They're brainwashing their violent cult into buying into another dangerous. This is big lie, too. On the 12th of January, Representative Hank Johnson said he was suspicious of the timing of Biden's classified document story. He also says aware of the facts that things could be planted in places and discovered conveniently. That may be what occurred here. Bold statement. Very interesting. We had the view with it. It was the holiday season.
RNC. On Thursday, the White House said six times the search classified documents was complete. Then they found more documents. Stephen Miller asked the question we're all asking. Kind of wondering why the FBI aren't the ones searching this home. It's a fun, sudden new standard of, okay, well, you guys just keep looking for documents and get back to us. And it's true. Anybody else, they'd be raiding them. Because as of Sunday, they found five more yesterday. CBS News. Total number of buying documents known to be Mark Classroy is about 20, source says. Well, it's nothing. It's less than Trump. Less than Trump. Doesn't matter. Molly, remember when the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago over presidential paperwork, paperwork dispute? They had no patience resolving after spending years patiently resolving other presidential paperwork disputes and not even noticing VP Biden hovered over classified documents and spread them all over. And the reality is, is Trump was mementos. Mementos. So here's a buckshot of fucking bias from our media. They are still just explaining it away, and we'll start with the worst questions from the briefing from our transcribers that work for the DNC. Can I ask you if, uh, if you're in your role in community outreach, whether the issue of the documents is a particular setback for the president at a moment when other things seem to be going pretty well, inflation's coming down, employment is solid. Like, are you finding that you're getting a lot of response from the public on that? And how do you how do you play that? Is it ever okay for classified documents to be mixed with personal? What I can say, uh, look, what I can say is what the president has said before, what I have said multiple times. We take this very seriously. Does the White House, broadly speaking, have an obligation to share not just with the National Archives? with the American people when the existence of classified information is found in a private location? Again, there is a process in this. But just big picture, not necessarily we, this instance, well, but is, is it the policy of the White House that, that they should share that information not just with the National Archives, but with the American people? So I, I'll say this, Kristen. We have been transparent in the last couple of days. But Look, I have, I have... You guys have answered questions when the press has broken in the news. Because it's an ongoing process. The president campaigned on the argument that he would restore confidence. We know that he's in the process of deciding whether to officially announce he's running for re-election. Does this episode undercut that argument? You describe it in the process, but it sort of feels like a strategy, a communication strategy to protect the president from political damage. Was it the hope and expectation here that this would have remained a private matter and not have been subject to public disclosure? Were you or any member of your staff involved in the crafting of a strategy as to when this disclosure should be made in advance of CBS News breaking the story on Monday evening? No. We have seen online propaganda from adversaries seeking to take advantage of the revelation of the classified documents. I wonder if you can share with us whether the uh, administration is anticipating any kind of national security. Let's begin this morning with the White House announcing on Saturday it found another handful of classified documents at President Biden's home this week. NBC's Monica Alba is at the White House with more. Monica, good morning. Willie, good morning. After growing criticism for not being forthcoming enough about this controversy and not specifying the extent of classified material kept where it shouldn't be, the White House released more detailed statements on Saturday, providing a public timeline of events in an effort to show cooperation with the Department of Justice investigation. 
This morning, new details surrounding those classified documents discovered at President Biden's Delaware home. The White House disclosing Saturday five additional pages were found in a review of the Wilmington residence, bringing the tally to six pages found this week. It comes after revelations that an initial batch of sensitive records was unearthed in Mr. Biden's garage in December. On Thursday, the White House confirmed that detail while adding another classified document had been located in an adjacent room. But the lawyers who found it didn't have the security clearance needed to examine it, leading White House counsel Richard Sauber to go to Delaware himself, explaining, while I was transferring it to the DOJ officials who accompanied me, five additional pages with classification markings were discovered among the material with it for a total of six pages. We're cooperating for now to the discovery of those additional documents marked classified, this time in President Biden's Delaware home. It is more trouble for the president in a case that could get worse in the days ahead. Adriana Diaz broke this original story. It has become the story of this short year, and she joins us now. The appointment of the special counsel comes as CBS News has learned that multiple former aides to President Trump from his time as vice president have been interviewed. The latest revelation follows the White House's admission earlier this week after questioning by CBS News that Mr. Biden's lawyers had found roughly 10 classified documents on November 2nd in this building about a mile from the White House where Mr. Biden once had an office. During yesterday's White House press briefing, Ed O'Keefe asked spokeswoman Karine Jean-Pierre why the discovery of the documents at Mr. Biden's house was not revealed sooner. We didn't get to see that uh, soundbite in its entirety yet, but I certainly, I was watching from my kitchen sitting at the table. There was definitely frustration from the White House press corps, certainly frustration on the part of Karine Jean-Pierre. And she kept repeating over and over about transparency. What did you make of her responses? There's different kinds of transparency at work here, Gail. There's the legal transparency that they say they are doing and, 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 and you know, working with the archives, working with the Justice Department and going by the book, lawyer to lawyer, investigator to subject. What they're not being is publicly transparent or straight with the American people about what happened here. There was nothing stopping the president of the United States from disclosing to the public that this had happened back in November. But as we pointed out, it happened just a few days before the election. Was that it is part of the reason why they opted not to disclose this? That's one of the unanswered questions. There was nothing stopping him in December from disclosing it when the second batch was found at his Wilmington home. Why didn't he decide to disclose it then? It's another unanswered question. And they have decided for now here at the White House to be legally transparent with the Justice Department. Chairman Jim Jordan announced this House Judiciary Committee investigation into the DOJ actions related to the, to the president's handling of the classified documents today. How much does that impact the DOJ ongoing investigation? Well, I think that DOJ will likely, I certainly would advise them if they were willing to listen to my advice, I would advise them to take a very hard line against that. There is a, a clear precedent here of not sharing information from an ongoing criminal investigation with Congress. And I think that DOJ is in a very strong position to resist on those grounds. Who knows what comes of that resistance? Maybe DOJ leadership starts getting subpoenaed and ultimately that fight will end up in the courts. Um, and that could drag things out. That's going to be an additional distraction to DOJ, but it shouldn't disrupt the actual 
conduct of the investigation. So that's a, it'll be a separate but related. Um, They're really on defense and that has uh, been on full display this week in the form of these press briefings by uh, Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre. Uh, I want you to listen to what she had to say to my colleague Kristen Welker when Kristen asked her yesterday whether President Biden would be willing to fully cooperate with the special counsel's investigation if the special counsel asked for a sit-down interview. Listen here. Don't have again. That's a that is that is something that I can't. I don't have a, a magic wand here. I don't know when that's going to happen. What I can say is, uh, his team is going to fully cooperate with the Department of Justice. Uh, let's not forget, the president said during the campaign that when it comes to the Department of Justice independence, he respects that, uh, and that is something that he had said was incredibly important to make sure that they had their independence. That's why we say we're going to make sure that uh, they have their independence. Katie, as far as where this all goes from here, that's really the question we're all asking ourselves at this point, uh, how long this probe will possibly last, whether it could impact uh, the plans that uh, President Biden is expected to make on whether or not he'll run in 2024. So lots of questions still to be answered, Katie. Ali Rafa, my friend, it's always good to see you. Thanks for joining us this morning from Wilmington. I appreciate it. You know, we know that there are major differences in the classified documents investigations into President Biden and former President Trump. But I want to know, what will this mean for the 2024 presidential election? Coming up, I'll put that question to my Saturday morning power political panel. Let's bring in my Saturday morning power political panel. Alencia Johnson is a political strategist and the founder and chief impact officer of 1063 West Broad. Susan Del Percio is a Republican strategist and an MSNBC political analyst. I don't really buy that it's actually going to give President Trump or former President Trump any more steam or any more gas in his failing presidential campaign in 2024, but it will give some Republicans some sound bites on Fox News, but even some Republican voters are tired of all these conversations and just really want Congress to get to work and provide for the American people. And Susan, those sound bites that we just heard about from Alencia, predictably, that's exactly what Republicans are doing, right? They're working the airwaves, trying to convince Americans that the Biden and the Trump cases are one in the same. But Susan, do Republicans really think that voters are gullible enough to buy what they're selling? Well, here's the thing. I completely agree with both of you. These are completely different types of cases. However, here's the headline. Both President, former President Trump and current President Biden are under invas investigation by the DOJ for handling of classified records. That's mm. what happens in day-to-day -day conversation and what people pick up. I know it's different, I know, but you know, I also know politics. And when you're explaining, you're losing. And that's the problem that the Democrats will have with this as far as trying to show the differences. What it does for the Democrats more importantly though is- As we come on the air this morning, there are new details emerging about those classified documents found at President Biden's private office and at his residence. For the fourth time, the White House is revealing new details. At first, it was documents found in a locked closet at an office Biden used after he was vice president. Then we learned of documents in the garage at his home in Wilmington. Then a document in another location near the garage. And now, just yesterday, the White House said five more documents had been found at President Biden's home. 
The White House says it is committed to transparency, but the first batch of documents was discovered on November 2nd, just days before the midterm elections, and the public didn't learn of it until this week, and only after reporters started asking questions. When it was Trump, Biden called it totally irresponsible. How that could possibly happen, how one, anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that, I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. After it was revealed that classified documents were found in the president's garage, Biden downplayed the significance, comparing the security of government secrets with the security of his sports car. And by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage, okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. But anyway. Fucking hack. So to our quick hits. Um... Democrat rep fact drop after claiming army of 87 KRS agents would only go out to the wealthy. I'm not even going to cover it. That's not true. It's not true. Brilliant speech addressed to our woke youth fighting climate change by Cossidine Crisson. And you know what? I am going to play this because it looks pretty damn interesting. Now, I want to talk to those of you who are woke and who are open to rational argument. A small minority, I accept. (laughs) Because one of the tenets of wokeness is, of course, that your feelings matter more than the truth. But I believe in you. I believe there are those of you here who are woke who are open to rational argument. So let me make one. We are told that your generation cares more than any other about one issue in particular, and that issue is climate change. We're told that many of you suffer from climate anxiety. You wish to save the planet. And for tonight, and tonight only, I will join you. I will join you in worshipping at the feet of St. Greta of climate change. Let us all accept right here, right now, that we are living through a climate emergency and our stocks of polar bears are running extremely low. I join you in this view. I truly do. Now, what are we to do about this huge problem facing humanity? What can we in Britain do? We can only do one thing. You know why? This country is responsible for 2% of global carbon emissions, which means that if Britain was to sink into the sea right now, it would make absolutely no difference to the issue of climate change. You know why? Because the future of the climate is going to be decided in Asia and in Latin America by poor people who couldn't give a shit about saving the planet. No, thank you. No, thank you. It's going to be decided by poor people in Asia and Latin America who don't care about saving the planet. You know why? Because they're poor. Because they're poor. I come from Russia, which is not a poor country. It's a middle-income country. 20% of households in Russia do not have an indoor toilet. What they have is an outdoor toilet. And I don't mean one of those nice portaloos that we get here. I don't even mean a Glastonbury portaloo. I mean a wooden shack with a hole in the ground that holds a collected fermented memory of the last 10,000 visits. How many of you are going to go home tonight and say, let's rip out our bathroom and erect a Siberian shithouse in the back garden. 
And if you're not, why should they? 120 million people in China do not have enough food. I don't mean that they don't get dessert. I mean they suffer from malnutrition. That means that the immune system is breaking down because they don't have enough food. You're not going to get them to stay poor. Imagine you're Xi Jinping, the leader of China. When you were 10 years old, there was a revolution, a cultural revolution in your country. And people came and they put your father in prison. Your mother had to denounce him. Your sister killed herself. And you, no longer enjoying the protection of your formerly powerful father, were sent to a village where you lived in a cave house. And here you are, decades later, you have clawed your way up the bloody and greasy pole of Chinese politics to be the undisputed supreme leader of the very communist party that destroyed your family. And you know that the main thing you have to do to survive and to stay in power is to deliver the one thing that the people of China want, prosperity, economic growth. Where do you think climate change ranks on Xi Jinping's list of priorities? A third of all children who live in extreme poverty in the world live in India. That means they are starving and dying of preventable disease. Now, about 15 months ago, my wife got pregnant. Not me, because we're old school. <laughs> and for nine months, we talked about what our boy would look like, what he might do when he grows up. We looked at baby scans and videos on YouTube about what the fetus looks like at nine months and 12 months and 20 months. And eventually he was born. And he is this cute little bundle of joy. He's cuter than about 80% of puppies. Right? <laughs> now, if you said to me that I had a choice, either my son had a serious risk of starving or dying from a preventable disease in the next year, or I could press a button and he would live. He would go to school. He would bring his first girlfriend home. He'd go to university and graduate and become a woke idiot. <laughs> and then he'd get a job and get married and have children and become a man. But all I have to do is press this button. And for every day of my son's life, a giant plume of CO2 is going to re get released into the atmosphere. Now, you're all very young, and most of you are not parents. Let me tell you something. There is not a parent in the world who would not smash that button so hard their hand bled. You are not going to get these people to stay poor. You're not even going to get them to not want to be richer. And so... I put it to you, ladies and gentlemen, there is only one thing we can do in this country to stop climate change, and that is to make scientific and technological breakthroughs that will create the clean energy that is not only clean, but also cheap. And the, no, thank you. And the only, I, I want everyone to get home on time today, which is not going to happen. And the only thing that wokeness has to offer in exchange is to brainwash bright young minds like you to believe that you are victims, to believe that you have no agency, to believe that what you must do to improve the world is to complain, is to protest, 
is to throw soup on paintings. And we on this side of the house are not on this side of the house because we do not wish to improve the world. We sit on this side of the house because we know that the way to improve the world is to work, is to create, it is to build. And the problem with woke culture is that it has trained too many young minds like yours to forget about that. Thank you very much. That is well said. Ted Lieu suggests people oppose fake news by watching outlets like MSNBC. The best way to oppose fake news is for people to watch outlets like MSNBC who report real news all the time. Really? Mm. Hey, uh, hey Chuck, that, that's called a partisan cocoon. Yeah. And then this came up, breaking from Lena Wynn at WAPO. We are overcounting COVID deaths since every hospital patient gets tested for COVID. A gunshot victim or someone at a heart attack, for example, could test positive. And sweet Jesus, did we not say that like two years ago and you're just now reporting it, WAPO? New York Times, but they're not going after your fucking gas stove. Gas stoves long blown by cooks have begun to seem like kitchen pariahs in recent weeks with cities, including New York, banning them. Here are the most popular alternatives, but they're not going after it. Oh. Politico, once again, a news organization. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttlick finds himself in the midst of criticism for handling of a spate of airline disruptions and Republicans are eager to attack. It's always pounce. We're pouncing. There's pounceses. So let's go into some woke. We're going to have a Latinx argument by CNN, a tranny and an all-age trans once again. Remember, we no longer quantify this as a trans segment because it's all part of misinfo. I'm playing by your rules. And Spanish is a term that is very, that is gendered and Latino and Latina are gendered terms. So I understand why young people in the Latino community that are LGBTQ want to use it. And I am all for that. How dare she? make this distinction with the excuse that she's going to ban it because it's insensitive. I mean, that if, if, if it was so insulting, but if it wasn't so insulting, it would be laughable. This is coming from the person who worked for Donald Trump, who did everything in his power and in his administration's power to bring tragedy and pain to the Latino community. I, I'm sorry, I'm gonna use it, to the Latinx community. The Gallup poll last uh, year I thought was really interesting mm -hmm. because it found that when you, you put Hispanic, Latino, Latinx, and then do you care? Like, does it matter? Does it, does it matter got like 57%, mm -hmm. right. which is that Latinos don't really care, um, the vast majority of them. Of course, then the rest of the three, Latinx, did get the lowest number. I think, yes, this is, you know, Sarah Huckabee Sanders trying to play to her base. It, it's something that Republican voters like. Um, we saw, but in a state that is a swing state, yeah. in, Republic, in states like 
Georgia, Herschel Walker was using a lot of anti-LGBTQ, anti-trans, you know, saying, I'm not going to use correct pronouns throughout his entire stump speech, and he lost Georgia. Mm -hmm. And you saw a lot of other Republican candidates in statewide races and swing states who used very similar language to Herschel Walker, and they also lost. I mean, we do have a Pew, so you mentioned um, Gallup, but there was a Pew Research study as well that found just 3% mm -hmm. of U.S. Hispanics use the term Latinx. With hey, y'all. So recently walking to and fro from my job, I am now starting to get identified as femme presenting to the point where people call me ma'am or people call me like miss or things like that. And it's still wrong because I'm non-binary, but there's like a real fun, like chaotic part of that where I can respond in a way that makes them go what because i'll intentionally like lower my voice and they'll be like excuse me ma'am can you help me out with this and be like yeah what's up <laughs> and i think my gender is the emotions of straight people being utterly confused like i just want to instill chaos and like that's my pronouns, that's my gender, that's my identity, that's my sexuality. It gives me all the euphoria to cause fuckery. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> Why do you guys think children belong in drag shows and what would you say to people who are trying to outright ban it? Well, I don't necessarily think they belong in drag shows, but it's parents' choice to take them or not. And I decided to bring them out tonight and, or this afternoon to see Daphne because we're co-workers and supporter and there's nothing wrong with that. We already pre-warned them about the foul language and dirty jokes and they said that they hear that at home, so it ain't no different. Um, here's to you and here's to me and here's to those who look as where we pee. Oh, I'm not done. Now here's to me and here's to you and here's to those who look as where we poo. Cheers! Tossing salad is, is... Sometimes there are appetizers that go with tossing salad as well, I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> you can't mess up your makeup. You know what? I get it, girl. I understand. I am that bitch that will absolutely just shove it into my face, though. In more ways than one. Uh, no, honestly, I will. I, I don't care. And then... They're just making shit up, and that's another all-age. Penn State professor encourages students to watch gay porn so you get desensitized and stop being a fucking homophobe. I don't want to watch... I don't even want to watch... Uh, my wife can't hear me, but my own wife sucked my dick. I gotta be quite honest. I don't want to watch dick sucking. It's just not my thing. I met a mom today whose 18-year-old autistic daughter was groomed in high school queer club to believe she was a boy. The school hid this from her parents, and the girl has now run away from home and started on testosterone. 
Washington Department of Health says transmasculine person with cervix should get screened. Transmasculine person with cervix should talk to their doctor about cervical cancer screening and HIP vax. And they showed two dudes that are now guys. Mm. Yeah, that that's nice. And then our next segment, armed Antifa militants and leftists held a rally in support of Buzz News Bar in Dallas that hosted an all-age drag show on Saturday. going to show you the video, um, but then there's pictures from outside the all-age drag show being hosted by Buzz Brew. No, we need to continue. We need them to show their true colors. Antifa is now sending them for defenders of pedos. They're digging their own grave. Eventually a child will be assaulted or hurt or one thing. Look, everyone, literally armed kidnappers trafficking children broad daylight. Please, David Hogg and Fred Gutenberg, speak out against these Antifa monsters. Where's moms against? Where are they? Can somebody tell me where they're at? Because I have not seen them speak out about armed Antifa outside pedos. Just asking for a friend. So here's a video. Um, They got ARs. No media coverage. None. But you can goddamn guarantee if I and Matt showed up with an AR outside a fucking goddamn bar for any reason just to protect them, it would make CNN. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. Next, um, I want to play some positives. So I'm going to play a segment from Ben um, Bondingo. And one where literally Rogan is, he's starting to really, dude, be careful. Going after Soros is some dangerous shit. Joe Biden kept some classified documents from his time as VP, not only in his office at the UPenn think tank, which is hilarious in and of itself. I can't bring that up enough. Joe Biden had a think tank. Digest that for a moment. But he also had some documents at one of his Wilmington homes. In the garage. Should we be surprised? Of course we shouldn't be surprised because the left has become pathetically predictable. Whenever they accuse conservatives of doing something, it's likely there's probably a 99.962% chance they're doing it themselves because they're frauds. By the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. The material was in a locked garage. Yes, as well as my Corvette. This is all part of the Justice Department process. We're going to respect the process. We're just not going to get ahead of the process. Let the process continue. It's an ongoing process. Remember, there's an ongoing process, and we have spoken when it is appropriate. People know I take classified uh, documents and classified information seriously. Sure you do, Joe. Remember the raid of Mar-a-Lago? The liberal slash media narrative was 
Trump was guilty, illegally handling and storing classified documents, and our national security was at risk. It was the nuclear codes. He's about to be criminally charged. They've got him this time. This was version 5,324 of the walls are closing in. This classic picture of the walls closing in. Why in the world would he need to have these kinds of sensitive documents in Florida or really anywhere? You're not above the law. You're not an elite. You're not untouchable. And so it's nice to see that the rule of law has returned. My top level expert legal analysis of the affidavit is why ain't this dude in jail? In many ways, it feels like the walls are closing in on Donald Trump. <laughs> That's hilarious, that clip now. Because even CNN's reporting that Joe Biden's classified documents included intelligence related to Ukraine. Ukraine? <laughs> Iran and the UK. Don't worry, folks. There's absolutely nothing to see here. I'm sure of it. And just in case, you know, the liberal clowns out there don't believe the left's reactions orchestrated, here's Joy Behar on The View saying out loud why they think Joe Biden's classified documents are really no big deal, but Donald Trump committed, <laughs> committed a crime. Take a look. Well, we all know that Trump is a liar and a thief. So it's not that big a jump to say that he obstructed and he lied. We don't think that Biden is a liar and a thief, so we give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay, none of this is about principles at all. Matter of fact, it's about the Dan Bongino theory. What's the Dan Bongino theory? Republicans think Democrats are people with bad ideas, but liberals specifically think Republicans are bad people with ideas. Joy just showed you what it looks like in action right there. And of course, let's not forget the greatest of all time when it comes to classified docs. You know, Hillary Clinton, bleach bed lady. She stored classified documents on her private home server when she was secretary of state. Once again, Democrats are already doing exactly what they accuse Republicans of doing because they're just frauds, folks. They're just phonies. I got more receipts. Remember when Democrats accused Trump of a quid pro quo after his phone call with Zelensky? The liberal media insisted he had to be impeached over those accusations. The quid pro quo has been at the center of this Democratic impeachment inquiry. Yes, there was a quid pro quo. It has been clear for a while. It is clear as day in the call notes the White House itself released. After rejecting the notion of a quid pro quo for weeks, the White House appeared to suddenly switch gears. We begin with what appears to be another instance of quid pro quo by President Trump. Of course, we've known for years that Hunter Biden's alleged shady business deals in China and Ukraine have directly implicated the big guy, Joey Biden. But if you don't believe me, here's the big guy himself talking about the quid pro quo he made with Ukraine when the prosecutor he wants fired in this clip was looking into his son, Hunter. I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. Like I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a <laughs> got fired. You believe this guy? He puts it out there on video for the world to see. And of course, even after Putin's invasion of Ukraine, business for Hunter to buy, the Hunter Biden-linked firm's apparently booming. Again, nothing to see here at all, folks. Don't worry about it. And don't forget about China. Even after Biden got elected president in 2020, Hunter still had ties to a Chinese investment firm. Sure, there's nothing to be concerned about there either. It's because the Democrats are frauds. They don't care. 
They almost always are doing exactly what they accuse conservatives of doing. That guy, how old is George Soros? It's a good question. Yeah, is he? He's like a vampire. Right? I had a conversation with the governor of Texas about him, but oh. with Greg Abbott, where oh. he was explaining to me what George Soros does, and it's fucking terrifying that he donates money to a very progressive, very leftist, uh, whether it's a DA or whatever politician, and then funds someone who's even further left than them to go against them mm -hmm. and just keeps moving it along. So he's playing like a global game yeah. and that he, he enjoys doing it. Yeah, he enjoys doing it, um, but it is, it's telling, right? He understood early on where you wanted to seize power. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that's, you know, we sometimes think, oh, I'm going to, you know, I, you know, a senator is that that's the pinnacle of success. Well, it's not really, you know, it's the it's the DA's and it's the it's the state level politicians. Right. So th that's where real change occurs and where things can happen. And before you know it, it's like, what the fuck? How or this, real uh, corrosion or real corrosion. Right, that's right. what's scary is yeah. it seems like he funds corrosion. It's like he wants these cities to fall apart. He, he wants crime to flourish. It's, yeah. it's almost like he's an evil person in a Batman movie. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? Well, he, I mean, he, he made his real fortune by almost busting the Bank of England, right? Mm -hmm. So he's not, yeah, this, this guy is not, uh, you know, he's not out there for truth and justice. And right? he's got to be deep into his 80s. Oh, he's 92. 90 92. fucking too. So you got to wonder, wow. like, what keeps that guy fucking motivated? Do we have a picture of him, a recent yeah, yeah, well, picture of him? He got married in 2013. <laughs> nice. <laughs> she, she is in love with him. Nice. Yes. Look at her, slim and young and wow. full of vigor. Wow. Wow. Do you think he, like, he drinks her blood to stay young. Is that what's going on here? I don't, uh, I don't think he's staying young. If he does, <laughs> it's not working. It's not working at all. <laughs> it's kind of wild. She's wow. cute. Mary for third time. Look at him. Man. But just what a wild thing to do with your money. I mean, it kind of makes sense. He fires back. He, he back, what does it say? Which one are you looking at? Reed Hoffman, George Soros, back media firm to combat oh. disinformation. Oh, oh combat good. that good. disinformation. Stories could be from any time. Of Both of those sound bites are spot on. And Bondingo went right in down the road. I already had it set up, though. I beat him um, with the Biden clip. I mean, it's, they're always projecting. And I'm going to play a long one, but we're okay on time. Nine minutes of misinformation from Joe Biden. And it's going to go right into our This is America with Hillary Clinton talking about things. And a lady doing a CD, a, a COVID thing. And it's just brutal what's happening. And the media won't cover this. So we got misinformation. Everything you're about to hear out of Biden's mouth at... An MLK event is a fucking lie, and the media know it's a lie, and they're not correcting. There's no fact checker pausing and pulling away. Well, we're, we're just got to be to the truth here. We're not doing that. And they actually brought Hillary out to talk about misinformation. Fucking kiss my ass. I have two political heroes my entire life when I started off as a 20 two-year-old kid in the east side of the civil rights movement. This is America. Don't catch you slipping, no. Don't catch you slipping, no. Look what I'm whipping, no. This is America. Don't catch you slipping, no. Don't catch you slipping, no. Look what I'm whipping, no.
And this is America. And these people will stop at nothing. And yes, the Russians helped them last time. The Russians are mm -hmm. helping them now. And you mm -hmm. cover the White House. You know that the White House has said, don't brief the Congress. Don't even tell them in classified settings what the Russians are doing this time. I'm a postpartum nurse. So I take care of babies when they're about two hours old. They come to my floor and I help um, assist them, make sure everything is progressing well so that they can go home with their mothers. And um, I've worked there for two years. You know, during COVID, before the vaccines, um, moms were delivering their babies and the babies seemed pretty healthy in general and the moms also, and then, um, you know, they'd go home. So in March of 2021, it was about two months after the vaccines really started to roll out. Um, I noticed that in the NICU, the neonatal intensive care unit, where they have the babies that may have some health issues, you know, on any day, um, it used to always have about 50 babies in there. Um, and all of a sudden in March, 2021, there were 80 babies in the NICU. So that's a very high number for the NICU. Um, and then, um, in April of 2021, I started noticing that there were fetal demises on the board in labor and delivery. A fetal demise is a baby that passed away in utero, but they're usually full term. So, you know, anywhere from 32 weeks to 40 weeks even is considered full term. Uh, well, 37 weeks or above is considered full term, but these babies were, you know, 32, 33 weeks, and then they'd have a fetal demise. And um, I would look on their charts, and I was noticing that a lot of these mothers had received the vaccine. A lot of times they had received it like one week before, and then they went into labor and they delivered a baby that either passed away already, or they had to go to NICU because they were too early to survive outside the womb without help. Like how much wow. um, extra work we're doing helping these mothers. And I'm not complaining about doing the extra work, but I'm blown away because this is not natural. This shouldn't be happening. And so, um, I was getting really frustrated with work. Let me just ask you a question so I fully understand what you're suggesting. The NICU's exploding. It's, it's nearly double the amount of babies that are going in there. You're seeing what appears to be sort of a, a rise in field demise. And, and when and you when looked at deliver. the charts, you're seeing that many of these that are having an early birth, uh, earlier than usual, had just recently, many of them, gotten the COVID vaccine. Yes, that's correct. Um, when I started working there in November 2020, there used to be one or two every two or three months. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. All and right. then since March of 2021, April 2021, I started to notice more and more that when I would check the labor and delivery board, there were one or two um, each week or so. Wow. So it's. Okay. Pretty big increase. Today, she has bravely released to us uh, an internal document, an email from that hospital system that was sent out to those working there. I'm going to share this with you now, that this is not her opinion now any longer. This is the perspective of the hospital itself, and she feels it's necessary for people to see this. So we're going to bring up this email right now. This went out to the staff. Good evening, everyone. Well, it seems as though the increase of demise patients that we are seeing is going to continue. There were 22 demises in August, which ties the record number of demises in July 2021 
and so far in September there have been seven and it's only the eighth day of the month. Now these statistics include redacted so you haven't seen all of them and some have also gone through the EDs and ORs but there have still been so many in our department. It's a lot of work for you as the bedside RNs and it's also a lot of work for me. Demises have taken a lot of my time away from the other groups of patients that I serve so I hope this trend doesn't continue indefinitely. Know of a few more that are scheduled to deliver in the week ahead, so unfortunately the process is going to be very familiar with all of you. Once again, I do so appreciate the time and attention that you give to the patients. When I follow up with them, they remember your names and the way you help them get through a very difficult time. I have to say I feel like the, the oxygen has just been sucked out of my lungs. To read... To read that from someone that is, is as objective, I guess, as you could get, working for the system itself, it now corroborates what you're seeing with your own eyes. And for anyone that was having a question anywhere around the world now, this is a shocking, shocking email. Were you shocked when you received it? How much, you know? Oh, absolutely. I couldn't work for the first half of my shift. The COVID stuff, they, they know, they knew it was changing women's menstrual cycles. It was fucking people up. And now it's just years later, it's all starting to trickle out the truth. The people that were banned off fucking Facebook and kicked off of fucking Twitter and called fucking misinformation and killing grandma and all the shit we went through. It was all a fucking lie. And they knew it was a lie. Because they were the ones that started it. <laughs> Sorry. We're not going to take Trump's poison in our veins. And then all of a sudden they're on the other side of the street. And they're like, oh, oh, oh time out. <laughs> time the fuck out. Just a bunch of goddamn hypocrites. So, I am going to be off the clock for a while. And next weekend is my brother's birthday and for those that follow the show you heard the song yesterday of my piss poor musical talents well i decided to take it the next level and i promised big sis in colorado this year you're getting one because i promised last year and i didn't do it because i was sick but um i decided to make it more embarrassing and put some old photos up because you know that's what i do i'm a big bro my job is to pick on my little brother who was nine when i left the house but unfortunately, I'm old now, and I'm really not on my A game, and he gets me more than I get him, which is unacceptable. So I decided to do it uh, via video. So here's our lighter fair, Matt O's birthday with embarrassing photos. Love you, bro. <laughs> Man, it's 2023. I gotta come up with something different. It's Maddo's motherfucking birthday and we gotta blow the roof off this bitch. <sighs> I got it. We're gonna go old school.
stop, collaborate, and listen. It's Matt O's birthday. Get off your ass and listen. Bake a cake, you fucking bitches. Get balloons and streamers. I'll punch you in your femur. I don't know, man. I ain't feeling that. I don't think it's going to work. Okay, let's try this one. Yeah, that's good. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Turn on my mic. My headphones. Shaking my ass. Hurt my hip. I like Matt. Oh, what I can't deny. Don't like him, I'll put you in your eye. He's my boo, so shut your mouth. For I throw your asses out. You get crook up in this bitches. Go end up with some stitches. I don't know, man. I don't know, that's my style. Hmm. Hey, we could try that. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, this is a popular song. It's gotta work. Yeah, let's try it out. Hey, Matt, you're an all-star. Get your game on and play. Hey, Matt, you're an all-star. Fuck, I feel like I am gay. Hey, Matt. Uh-uh. Fuck. That shit isn't gonna work. I seriously overestimated how hard a second B-Day song was going to be. Shit. I know. I'll go with something Mom played. Oh, Maddie, when you were a baby, you kept me from sleeping. And I want to choke you the fuck out. Oh, Maddie, you never let me play with your toys. And I hated you bad, oh, Maddie. Holy fuck. I think I just grew tits. That was really fucking gay. All right, I'm going the total opposite way with this goddamn birthday song. That's yeah. birthday. Bad uh, uh, uh. birthday, motherfucker. you out your sleeve I'll make you smell my feet I'll kill you slowly if you don't say happy birthday Mad birthday happy birthday can you turn that crap down Tony you're 55 for Pete's sake <clears throat> okay I uh, guess that's not the angle we're gonna go with uh, I guess I'll just go with how I ended last year Go with a slow jam. Oh yeah, this feels right. It's Matt Ostrander's birthday. All you ladies, get up on the floor. And let's wish Matt Ostrander the happiest of birthdays. Oh yeah. Here's your big bro in Tennessee, wishing you, in many forms, the happiest of birthdays, Matthew Ostrander. Peace. We out of here. This was a production of
Flyover Politic Podcast. Wishing Matt Ostrander a happy fucking birthday. Yeah. I had to search the old hard drives, find that shit. I got a bunch more pictures, but I didn't want to do baby ones because it didn't seem fair. But I'm digging the army photo. That's some badass shit. And I'm digging that dude in the white fucking dolphin shorts. That was me. I don't know who the fuck that guy with that body. Not that I'm like gay on myself, but wow. I was skinny back then. Now I'm just rearranged. Kind of lost all my muscles and still have a paunch. What the fuck? Anyway. Happy birthday, brother. Um, wish you could get out here. I can get out there. We can smoke some stogies and drink some bourbon. Well, I can't do that anymore, but I mean, we can at least hang out. That would be fucking nice. Shoot some guns, go fishing. Be a good time, but we'll get many trips in the future. So that wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Share with family friends. Go to SoundCloud at Flyover Fly Politic with a K. Rumble, 482467. And tell me to go fuck myself at foppodcast at gmail.com. Can't believe this is episode 658. That's a shit ton of episodes. Um, but that's cool. And I hope that I still am online for uh, the 22nd, which is Matt's birthday, or the 21st. Uh, being able to get back on the, on the mic. I'm hoping I can. I'm going to keep up that. I'm going to hope this, you know, i got to think it's going to hurt a little bit. That ain't going to be that bad because it's a walkout operation. You don't stay in the hospital. Um, part of me is hoping they cut me the fuck up and pull all sorts of shit out and fix my damn six-inch umbilical hernia and my hiatal hernia, but I don't know if they're going to do all that shit. We'll see. Uh, and i got to stay a couple days in the hospital because at least I'd be a clean bill of health. But um, at the minimum, they're going to yank that gallbladder out, and I am going to start back on the road of recovery, get a job, buy a truck, get back on the positive side. Um, walk 10 will go out today, a little depressing at the end. Um, walk 11 and probably 12 will be Fort Irwin. Um, I might be able to get that in one, but then we short walk. So I'll probably just combine it into one, one video. And then, uh, we will start civilian sector shit. Uh, now it was prodded by my sister, but I'm kind of doing it so that there's a legacy of some sort for my son. I'm going to hand him a thumb drive with all this shit on it and go, this is me. So when I'm dead, you can listen to this because it'll be interesting. So going to keep it up. As always, my friends, thank you so much for listening. Disconnect from your devices. Get off the screens for a while. Enjoy your family. Time is fleeting. I'm 55. Something about these videos made me realize life has gone by really quick. So uh, social media and all the bullshit isn't where you should be focused. It should be on your family. And tune in next weekend for our next show. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care. (laughs) 